All right, we got Joshy G, also Josh Gallegos. What is that? French? No, <laughs> French. <laughs> Hispanic, bro. Hispanic. 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 Though, by, though by looking at me, I'm sure most of you couldn't wouldn't even guess Hispanic. So therefore, uh, yeah, but no, it's a Hispanic or Spanish, if you will. Well, I think in the CrossFit world, you're pretty much your moniker is Joshy G, right? That is correct. Yes. Joshy G in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Best hour of the day. <laughs> if you I appreciate that. If you're if you're listening, you probably recognize the voice because you probably watch the games and Joshy G's on the floor. How many years have you been going? Uh nine years. If I if I get called to do this year, which my fingers are crossed, it'll be 10 whole years. It would have been 10 last year. But the pandemic and a no audience CrossFit games kind of put the wrench into that equation. So nine years as of last year, if I get called again this year, it'll be 10. Is it, do you get excited about it? I do. I do. I try not to get excited about it because, again, every year it's the same. People are like, are you going to be at the games? And I'm not one of those guys. It's like, yeah, totally. Like when I even when they do reach out uh, and I fill out the paperwork and give them my available dates, it doesn't really hit me until I'm actually there. Uh, and so when I act, when I get there, whether it be Madison or, you know, a number of years back, uh, you know, Carson being there on the floor, that's when it's, I start to get really, really excited. So it's been a lot of fun for the past nine years, being able to be a part of a community. It kind of happened, you know, I, I kind of got thrown into the mix as, as well with Kiki those first couple of years. So we were able to kind of hone a craft and create some sort of this team uh, MC camaraderie that that now is the staple, but before it was just a one man or woman show. And now you'll see whether it be the Granite Games or Wadapalooza or now at the CrossFit Games, it's a two person team. And I'd like to think that Kiki and I started that uh, 10 years ago or 11 years ago, I guess. That is interesting. So do you only go on the floor with Kiki? No, 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 no. I'm just saying we were the ones. So long story short, uh, I got, I, I did some local events and I did one local event with Kiki and in 2012, the regionals in California, when there were regionals, was in uh, Pomona. And it was supposed to be me and Kiki. Uh, and the way we did it, it was like, I did a heat, she did a heat. I did a heat, she did a heat. And then for whatever reason, I don't remember exactly what happened, but we ended up doing one together. And Justin Berg and Dave Castro liked that. And they invited us to go do the NorCal regional, which was the following weekend. And from there, they invited us to do the games. And so the games that year, which was 2012, uh, I forget the guy's name. I want to say Travis. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Hey, the arm wrestler. Yeah, the arm wrestler. So Travis did all the individual people. And he really did like the, like I think like the big boy heats. And yeah. then there was a guy, I forget his name. I want to say it's Joseph. He did things all by himself. And then Larry was there and Larry did heats all by himself. And then Kiki and I, as a team, we did all the team events. And they really liked that flow because it gets kind of awkward out there if you don't have somebody to play off of. And I think Kiki and I do that really, really well. And so from moving forward, they started to implement more people and a more team mentality. So you would get guys like Dylan or Brenton or Mike Richards uh, and, and Larry, and they would just kind of mix it up. So it'd be like me and Brenton or Kiki and Dylan or Mike and Larry, like there would be different variations of these teams so there was always two people on the floor and that kind of gave almost like a commentary like color play-by-play uh, a color commentary and a play-by-play person on the floor at all times yeah and for the listeners i think it's pretty standard they think the games is you know set up months years in advance we just got asked about judging you know and so six weeks out you, yeah I'm a- you're still waiting for your invite well, yeah. And it, look, it may come, it may not, but uh, there have been years where it's been like two weeks out and they've called me, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it, they, I think they have bigger fish to fry than who's going to be on the floor emceeing. So it's always a, a pleasure and an honor if I'm invited, but at the same time too, like if I don't, that's cool. I, you know, I got a lot of other cool stuff going on and I'll never be like ungrateful for not being invited. Um, but I'm very fortunate to be invited nine times so far. So I- I think you'll be there. Wait a sec. That's not matzo ball. That is matzo ball down here. Yeah. Oh, wait, okay. Running. I see another one over there. Oh no, that, that, that is Holly. Matzo balls down here barking at somebody. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> matzo balls who we really wanted on the podcast, but we settled for Josh. <laughs> yeah. But- matzo ball gets uh, all of the, uh, the celebrity requests. Uh, and sometimes she can be there and sometimes she can't, but when she can't, that's when I'll take the, the interview you, you, instead. You, 
hop in there. Um, so I, I want to talk about it briefly because we, we were talking about before you came on. I think I, we've met here and there at the games and then I got married in Santa Monica and you were super welcoming and you had me in my groom's party at Cross of Paradiso and you're no longer there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, a lot of affiliates listen to this and I just wanted to hear what it's like. We rarely get a GM or, you know, a head coach and someone that runs a lot of events on the show. So I would be interested in hearing some of the things a box can do really well. And some of the things a box can do really poorly when it comes to having someone on full time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, before I started parody, so I was at Dogtown, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there are gym owners out there that can probably relate the, you know, the, they can't be everywhere at once, right. As much as they would like to be, they can't be everywhere. And so you get, yourself a nice big core staff that is willing to do just about anything to make the gym community happy. And, you know, I think it comes with the territory. Sorry. That was my timer from a workout earlier. Uh, when (laughs) you're just finishing. No, no, no. I just, I left the timer running. Um, no, I just think that it's interesting to see, like there are tons of gyms out there that you, you see the, the, the gym owners really kind of embrace the hard workers that work at the gym, you know, and, uh, you know, nothing against, like I said, Dogtown or Paradiso, they were all great. They were all part of my, my, my past. And, you know, I just think that if a, if you are a gym owner, if you really take care of your staff and you're able to communicate on both sides, this isn't just a GM or an owner problem. This is also could be a coach problem. If you're able to communicate on both sides, you should not be able to let that person go and vice versa. You know what I mean? But when you're having a clash or a a lot of butting of the heads, that's when early on you should decide, okay, I'm going to let this person go and do their own thing or vice versa. If you're a coach and you're like, man, I'm just not getting what I want out of this. You should be able to walk away and be happy. And I think that's, you know, you'll see a lot of people that work at a gym, they'll go and start their own gym or their own place out of spite because they weren't really getting what they want. But if they would have communicated what they wanted in the first place, then maybe those problems would have been avoided, you know? Uh, So I think that the the big rule, I don't really work for a gym anymore because I think I learned that rule ahead of time, or it, it took me obviously a while, but being able to communicate to the best of your ability, communication obviously is key, especially if you're a coach, but also if you're an employee too, if you're not able to to express what you want and get what you want out of the owner and vice versa. If the owner has a specific vision, you as an employee shouldn't be shitting all over that vision. You know what I mean? If you're like, man, you know, this programming sucks or man, I would, I can't believe this guy's doing it. You're saying out loud in front of members that you're obviously an unhappy employee. So you should be able to move on. You shouldn't be dragging your owner's name in the mud and vice versa. You know, the, the owner shouldn't be dragging your name in the mud and not that that happened per se, but it's just an example of me being around the community and seeing this happen, not just at the gyms that I've worked at, but gyms that, you know, I'm friends with the owners and stuff like that. And there are owner, there are gyms that avoid that altogether. There's some really, really, really great gyms out there. I mean, CrossFit South Brooklyn is one of them, you know, uh, gotta give David a shout out. Yeah. Love Good David. Friend. Yeah. Uh, CrossFit, uh, or NOLA CrossFit, uh, Cityside CrossFit in Houston. Uh, all these gyms do that very, very, very well, where they take care of their coaches. They take care of their employees and vice versa. The employees and the owners will, would literally take a bullet for their, for their owners. So it's, 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 it's nice when it works and you see it work and you're like, Oh man, that's awesome. You know? And as a coach, if you're not getting what you want out of the place, either move on or find a place where you're going to be happy. Because if you're going to be miserable, that's no fun for you, obviously. And that's no fun for the gym owner, you know? Something you said, though, that I think is really true that owners need to hear is letting the staff know their vision. A lot of times they're like, they just bring people on and then they don't create that understanding of what they're actually moving towards. And yeah. you have different people with different ideas of where the community should go where the box should go. And ultimately the owner needs to steer it. And if they're not doing a good job there, they're going to have some contention among amongst the staff. Yeah. I think clear communication versus the owner thinking like, Oh, you know, he knows what I want or she knows what I want. You know, I'm going to just, you know, pretend like he can read my mind or she could read my mind and vice versa. You know, if if a coach isn't happy, you shouldn't be there. You know, you know, Danny soul from soul, uh, CrossFit in Miami. Like he's another one, you know, like he is very blunt 
to a to a to a fault almost you know and you know there's no gray area there's no like i wonder if danny would allow me to do this or i wonder if i can get away with this like there is no getting away with anything danny will tell you exactly what he wants and that's a great thing because there's no like gray area so to speak you know two people you just brought up david osorio danny soul you walk into either south brooklyn or crossfit soul you feel them it's them. It's like you yeah. walk into their basement, right? Like yeah. Danny's box is like, you know, all American traditional and all that kind of stuff. David's box is the same in South Brooklyn. And I think that's probably a big part of it, right? You, you create that culture. It trickles down from Danny. It trickles down from David. The other box owners almost step away and they're not as involved and not putting, not, not creating that vibe there. And if you create that vibe, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to break. Like you said, you well, know, I what they, Danny, I think they step away and then they look and they're like, well, this isn't what I wanted. And then they'll come back in and be like, no, this is not what I wanted. And then the, the coach or the general manager or the manager to no fault of their own is like, well, well, I was just doing what I thought would be beneficial. And they're like, no, do it this way. And they're like, oh, well, why didn't you just tell me that in the first place? Then we would have done it that way. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the, the reason why CrossFit functional fitness, even boutique gyms, are so popular, especially now after COVID and uh, the pandemic, is that we want that interaction. We want that community. And that is not changed. I mean, going back to even pre-CrossFit, like the surfing communities and, and, and gym communities, like we all want to be a part of something. And if you feel like you're a part of something, you walk into a building, like you said, walking into Seoul or Brooklyn, you feel immediately like you're a part of that 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 community you know what i mean if you don't get that when you first walk into a gym it's going to be very hard for someone to feel like i'm being accepted into this gym you know what i mean so i think that right out of the gate is creating this sense of welcoming and community when you walk into something is your first step and then going into your vision or what you want out of that community i mean go being traveling on the road with the wrestlers and traveling on the road with crossfitters and the CrossFit games and dropping into different boxes, you see, and you can attest to which gyms have it and which gyms need a lot of work, you know? Absolutely. And I'm sure part of why you're able to step away and not be involved at a box anymore is you've got dead boys fitness. Yeah. And that's, that's blowing up. I see a lot of people following. I've got a nutrition client, uh, Ben Lopez. I don't know how well, you know, he's actually a wrestler in Puerto Rico. He's in uh -huh. training. Yeah, I know um, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he loves you guys. But, you know, you've, you've got this um, programming going out there with with Seth, right? Your partners with Seth Rollins in this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Where did you guys start this from? What, what what was the need for it and where did it begin? Well, it was kind of that mentality I was talking about, right? Like, you know, when 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 not that I was unhappy per se, but, you know, you, you get a bunch, bunch of people like, hey, man, why don't you start your own gym? Hey, man, why don't you do your own thing? Hey, that'd be sick, right? But as gym owners can attest, it's a lot of work. And I'm not trying to be a jerk and saying like, I don't want to do the hard work. I definitely want to do the hard work, but I also like going to WrestleMania. I also like going to the CrossFit games. I also like hanging out with my friends. And we, we were like, well, how can we create a community, but not necessarily have like a home base, not like a, a, a home gym, you know? And that's why we kind of came up with the, the idea of, of, of Dead Boys Fitness. And this was obviously, I think, a little bit before, you know, the online community was in its craze. Like even I think this was we kind of came up with this idea before street parking, not that street parking copied us by any means. But I think this the idea was in the works. We just never pulled the trigger. And then we were like, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. And, you know, it kind of grew. And, you know, it's been a lot of fun. We've, we do these events called Day with the Dead Boys and uh you know it's obviously we are kind of in this niche category of pro wrestling fans and fitness fans we obviously want to reach out to more people which we have you know from musicians to actors to everyday you know folks moms dads that sort of thing but our core base is obviously that pro wrestling fan base which if you are around, a lot of them have never worked out in their entire life. And the fact that they are motivated by Seth and at sometimes for whatever reason, me uh, to join and be a part of it. That's great. And that's what I've always been. You know, I was just talking to a client the other day. This, those are the things that make me really, really happy. It's the fact that like, oh man, like, yeah, training Seth is cool and training Becky is awesome, 
but being able to help everyday people lose weight or, you know, achieve some sort of PR, whether it's, you know, in their bench press or their power clean or whatever the case may be is extremely rewarding, you know, and that's to me why I do what I do. Oh, by the way, I mean, Becky had a baby. What is that baby a year old? Yeah. A little over a year. I mean, she is back and better than ever. You attribute yeah. that to dead boys. Dead yeah, boys fitness yeah. right there. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, also too, you know, Becky is very determined and, you know, she came back better than ever won the title, uh, held on to it for, for quite a while before losing it to, to Bianca, who is a former CrossFit athlete in case you didn't know. You that. know what? But- I think that goes unrecognized. I think, I don't think I'd love, maybe, maybe I'm a little too down the rabbit hole in wrestling, but I didn't realize that about her until I stumbled upon it, but she was a yeah. competitive uh, CrossFitter. Yeah, she was at regionals when there were regionals. She was at a re- she was an regional athlete. I think they she was discovered at Wadapalooza. I could be wrong. I know a couple of the scouts came to the CrossFit Games and Wadapalooza, and they were looking for talent. I know that there's another wrestler. Uh, I forget what her gimmick name is, but she's on NXT. She's also a CrossFit athlete. I think her and her fiance own a CrossFit gym somewhere in Orlando or Tampa or somewhere near there. But yeah. Uh, going back to dead boys, it's been a lot of fun and watching it grow and being able to offer different programs. I mean, I'm a, such a perfectionist. I obviously want, you know, triple or quadruple the amount of members that we have, but the fact that we have a ton of members, you know, for the, the programming that we give them and, and the fact that people are doing them, not just looking for videos of Seth and, and Claudio and, and Becky and Seamus and all these other guys, like they're actually doing the workouts and, you know, messaging me and, and telling me their results. It's been a lot of fun. All those guys, Claudio being Cesaro in yeah. WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they all follow the programming as well. Yeah. 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 We're in like a big programming group where we basically talk shit to one another and who's the fittest. Know, uh colby or or seth seth yeah. by far strongest is debatable i would say probably cesaro or claudio um and then depending on the workout every now and then i'll win win which then you know will really piss both of them off so back in the day this is probably 10 years ago and i had my box in albany new york and they all came in and cesaro couldn't do double unders i was Trying to get him to do double unders, but he, he was oh. on the struggle bus back then. Oh, now he's a double under machine. Now you should see him. He's a <laughs> double under machine. So, there, you know, there's a lot of programming out there. What's unique about Dead Boys? Uh, the unique thing about Dead Boys is that we offer a lot of things. We offer straight bodyweight workouts, uh, which we were made available before the pandemic. And then obviously when the pandemic hit, it was super beneficial to people because you know, for a good solid three or four months, it was tough to get people into gyms. So the fact that we were able to offer that helped out a lot. We offer a kind of a bodybuilding-esque style hypertrophy uh, workouts. We offer obviously functional fitness slash CrossFit style workouts. Uh, And then we offer like the full programming, which includes Olympic lifting and barbell work. And that is the stuff that Seth uses uh so we offer a wide variety we offer some, obviously some endurance options that type of stuff um so yeah you know I, I know there are a ton of programs that offer the same type of thing the only difference between ours and let's just say theirs is that it's really geared and there's a ton of scaled options for literally the beginner of all beginners right if you've never touched a barbell you've never even touched a weight there are tons of scaling options and there's ways to communicate us if you have any type of questions. So it's, well, that's- it's literally, ba- it's, it was based, it was just based when we first started, it was just based around Seth's programming. And then I just kept getting messages like, what's a burpee? What's, how do I do a lunge? And so I was like, man, I really have to not necessarily dumb this down, but make this extremely uh, basic for the, the type of person that does not know how to do these things. Because again, a lot of people are very intimidated stepping foot in a gym, whether it's a CrossFit gym, a global gym, whatever the case may be. I mean, these people for the most part are working out in their living room because that's where they feel the most comfortable. And so, you know, I know a lot of people back in the day gave CrossFit a ton of shit for the couch videos, right. Or the milk jug Mm -hmm. videos. But those, in my opinion, were great because those were the things that I'm like, this is what these people need. They don't have weights, right. So get a backpack, throw it, throw in some books, you know, that is your, kettlebell or that is your 
barbell, you know, same thing with the, the jugs or getting up out of a chair or getting up out of a, off a couch, you know, getting up off of a floor. Like those are the type of videos that seem silly for your average everyday CrossFitter. But in reality, like that was perfect for the type of people that we were dealing with because they've never, ever worked out in their life. So when they're able to see something very similar to that being like, oh yeah, I could see why a burpee would be important. Getting up off, off of the floor, if you fell, would be important, especially if you're elderly, especially if you're overweight. Getting up out of a chair, you know, without losing my breath or going up a set of stairs without losing my breath would be extremely important, especially if I'm overweight, right? I don't want to go to these wrestling shows wearing a triple extra large shirt. Maybe an extra large shirt would be the way to go or a large, you know? So again, I, I truly enjoyed those videos because again, that was the type of audience that we were after. Not necessarily the elderly people, even though that we do have some elderly members, but the fact that we kept it super basic for people was one of the, one of the things right away we learned like, oh, this is the way to go. You know, I'm not trying to create a, a Ben Smith or a Matt Fraser, um, you know, or a Sam Briggs. That would be cool if I did, but you know, it's the every, everyday average folks is the ones that I wanted. Well, and good news. There's far more of those out there than, than <laughs> Matt Frazier's, right? Yeah, exactly. And and tell me more about a day with the dead boys. I see you guys typically follow like the WWE. So if WrestleMania is in Texas, maybe there's one associated with that. Or, yeah. So you know. we, we try to follow the four big pay-per-views. So uh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam and Survivor Series. Which so is your favorite? What's your favorite pay-per-view? Uh, to watch Royal Rumble, it's gotta be it's, right. It's That's so unpredictable. Right. Yeah. The 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 biggest one is obviously WrestleMania, and now that it's two nights, it's even bigger. And next year it'll be in LA, which will make me very happy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I is, think is the Rock gonna show up? I, I I wish I could tell you. I have no idea. I would hope so. Uh, I think that that would be a fun main event, Rock versus Roman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we do. We usually piggyback them off of a big event. So you come to the WrestleMania one and you get to work out depending on the schedule. You get to work out with Seth. You get to work out with me. We put you through a workout. And at the end of that, you get to ask questions and get a photo. So most of the time, these photo ops are extremely expensive, especially if you're going to like a, a WWE or a WrestleCon. And the fact that you get to earn your photo op, so to speak, for you know a small chunk of change is, is really quite fun. And like I said, we've had people that think that they can get away with just showing up and waiting for Seth to walk through the door and be like, Hey, can I get an autograph? He'd be like, no, sign up, come do a workout. And then I'll give you an autograph or then I'll give you a photo. And sometimes at the end, they'll be like, that was the greatest decision I've ever made. You know, I, I wasn't going to sign up and I did. And I had it such a fun time. And, and what goes on there? Are you training all day? How, is it just, so it's about an hour guys. It, it, no, no, I definitely don't want to smash them. I definitely don't want to make them throw up. Uh, we, we put them through like, you know, it's almost like a class, right? So we put them through a warm up. We put them through basically like a move assessment. Cause I don't know these people, you know, some of them are members, some of them are, I want to see how they move. Uh, I discuss the workout. We put them through a workout at the end of the workout, we do a cool down. And then we talk about, uh, dead boys, fitness, nutrition, most of the time. And then we'll have a little Q and a, then some photos, we'll give them some cool swag and then they're on their way. Gotcha. I've never been to a WrestleMania. I've been watching since I think the first one I watched live was Macho Man and Hogan at five. Okay. So, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I remember like back in the, how old are you? I'm 41. I've just turned 44. So I don't know if you remember, like you'd rent the VHS tapes back in the well, day. Well, that's how I got into it. I, yeah, my, same. Uh, my, my, the, the elementary school I was at, everyone loved the wrestling and I was more of a comic book guy. So I was like, all right, well, if I want to, know what these kids are talking about. So I remember going to the video store and renting SummerSlam 91. And that was the, the first was video. Warrior Ravaging Rick Rude here? No, that was the match made in heaven, which was Macho Man getting married. Uh, and then it was the <laughs> match made. It was match made in hell. It was Hogan and Warrior versus the Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> yeah. Colonel Mustafa and the Iron Sheik, whatever his name was. And because uh, he didn't have that name. Uh, but it was the match. It was Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental title that I was like, oh, great. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so after that, uh, I ordered my first pay-per-view, which was in November, which was Survivor Series. And it was Undertaker versus Hogan and the Undertaker one. And that was my guy. And I was like, yes, I was never a big Hogan fan, e even though like growing up in the pop culture, I just never really liked Hogan. I was always a big Macho Man guy. Same. And same. Uh, I'll show you something. 
you don't have this guy on your uh on your shelf back there do you uh, oh i don't but i have so many others like you, this is nothing I, you know i don't know if this podcast or whatever is a video podcast yeah or not, it'll, but... it'll be on youtube Okay. Well, I mean, this is just a small sliver of what, what else I have. So, I mean, I have title belts. I have every incarnation of a Macho Man figure. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what got me into it. And then from there, you know, I, every month just ordered every pay-per-view begging my mom and my dad to, to, to purchase every pay-per-view for me. And so now for five of- bucks, isn't it crazy? Like all these years later for $5, you get them all. Yeah. $5 it's, a month. It's fantastic. Not only you get them all, but you can go back and watch everything. So yeah. I wanted to reminisce about the first WrestleMania I went to, which was in Las Vegas, WrestleMania nine. And I just sat and watched it. And I was like, this is great. Like it's at the tip of my fingers where before, even though I do miss that experience of going to the video store and picking out the video. And if it wasn't there, I like had to pick something else out like that in itself, I miss, but the convenience is second to none. Having it at your fingertips is great. Going back to the, the dead boys fitness you said mm-hmm. you talk a little bit of nutrition with these guys mm-hmm. for, for these new people coming in or you know or you know wrestling fans trying to get fit for the first time what's the biggest you know mistake they're making or misconception that they have about nutrition i think and i i wouldn't say this is wrestling fans i think this is people in general like they feel like they have to go off the deep end with nutrition in reality it's the small changes right hey how much soda do you drink a day? Oh shit. Maybe you shouldn't drink that much soda. Maybe try water. Oh, how many steps are you getting in a day? Oh fuck. You're only getting in 1800 steps a day. Maybe kick that up a notch, you know, like it's the small things that people don't realize. Like for, for people like you and me, and I, you know, I live in California, so it's pretty fitness oriented everywhere you go, right. Eating healthy. And you have all these different options But for people that live in the Midwest, like they don't have a whole foods. They don't have a rainbow acres. They don't have all these health things around. So like telling somebody, Hey, maybe you should eat some vegetables. It's like, you're blowing their mind up, you know? So it's just small changes. I don't expect people to change their, you know, lifestyle, do a complete 180, you know, when I first meet them, but it's the small changes that they don't realize they could be doing because that's where you're going to see the, the, you know, as long as they're being consistent, right? You try to change people, make them do a 180 and give them so many different tasks, they're going to be overwhelmed and they're not going to be able to, to keep it. They're not going to sustain a healthy lifestyle. But if you tell them to make small changes, like, hey, maybe don't put so much Caesar salad dressing on your Caesar salad. And, you know, it's that, that type of stuff where people are like, oh yeah, okay. And then they start to see like, oh man, I'm, I'm literally doing the bare minimum and I'm seeing results. You know, what would happen if I kicked it up a notch? So those are the type of things when we talk about nutrition with them is, again, these guys are used to, to eating fast food every day, right? Or soda pop or, you know, whatever the case may be, candy, the just shit. I mean, that's the type of stuff where you're like, hey, maybe don't do that. Are you a lifelong California resident? No, no, no. I grew up in Las Vegas. I was born in Wyoming. I grew up in Las Vegas, but I've been in LA for 20 plus years. So I guess I have to say I'm an Angelino now, but I grew up in Las Vegas. What keeps you in California? I feel like everyone's trying to exit. Make it- uh, you know, I, I will, it's the weather, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, right? It's gorgeous right now. It's like 70 degrees. It's nice and cool. I mean, I live close to the beach. Um, but also too, this is the Mecca in my opinion for the fitness industry. You know what I mean? California, like whether CrossFit or functional fitness stays around, which it has, but if it ever happens to go away, fitness in California is always going to be here. You know, there's always going to be people that want to get in shape there's always people that are going to want to go outside and either lift weights or or do some sort of activity and you know i think that you know if for you want to be in the fitness industry california is probably the place you want to be california or miami you know where it's nice and you got to look good while you're outside you know so so tell me a little bit more about the toys when we obviously you got skeletor tattooed on your arm (laughs) i do i do there he is and so are you a big He-Man fan? He-Man fan. Well, I would just say 80s pop culture. 80s pop culture for sure. What, what, what's classified in that 80s pop culture? He-Man, cartoons, Star Wars a little bit, wrestling? Uh, I think it's all, right? So, you know, growing up, He-Man was my my number one cartoon of choice. And it would go Transformers, G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles. I mean, who wasn't a Ninja Turtles fan as far as, you know, 
boys. I'm sure girls were as well. Uh, Star Wars. I mean, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I appreciate them. Like I said before, I was a huge and still am uh, Marvel comics guy, Batman guy. So, I mean, I think now toy companies are really, really smart because they're they're targeting guys like me who are reissuing updated versions of things. And they're like, oh, and then guys like me are like, oh, I had that when I was a kid. Now I have adult money. I want to buy all of them. So, you know, packages will show up and my girlfriend will be like, what is this? What's going on? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's a pre-order that I got, you know? So it's, uh, those are the type of things. I think I'm just super nostalgic for, for a lot of things. And one of them being my childhood. And so, you know, being able to go and, and collect these things that got lost by the wayside somehow is very satisfying for me. It's true. I went down a, during the pandemic. I'm sure you've heard of uh, the major podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Broski's my buddy. Oh, are you, are you, well, yeah. you can let him know he's responsible. Yeah. For this expensive purchase. As oh, well as a man. few others back there. But I went down, I was like watching, you know, for, for the listeners is a wrestler named Matt Cardona and his partner, what Brian Myers. Right. Uh-huh. And they, they have, a YouTube channel and they're always talking about toys. And I got down that rabbit hole and I'm like on eBay trying to bid for a macho man, you know, Hasbro LJN figure. And it was, it was, it was just nostalgic. This came in the mail. I'm like, wow, it's been like 40 years since I've held this in my hand. It's, 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 it's cool. Now, every time we've got a 16 month old, we go to target or something, pretend like I'm toy shopping for her. Meanwhile, I'm, searching through the wrestlers, looking through Star Wars figures and figuring out, you know, what I can get away with purchasing. Oh, I'm guilty of that too. Going to Target has become now just, I don't even hide it anymore. I'll, I'll be like, hey, Jen, let's go to Target because I'm looking for this figure. <laughs> or, hey, Jen, can we go to Target? I, it says on the app that this figure is, you know, there. And I've, I've, I've thrown full-blown adult temper tantrums because <laughs> something will be like street dated, which if you don't know what that means, it means that it's out, but you can't purchase it until the street date hits. And so- I've blown up. I've seen people buy like six or seven figures of one thing. I'm a one figure and done guy. I won't buy more than one because I like to leave it not only for other collectors, but for the actual children that are (laughs) want to actually play with it as opposed to me putting it on my shelf. So, you know, a a 41 year old adult man that collects toys is a funny thing to say, but it's also something that I like to do. You know, it's, you know, I think it really kind of, kicked up a notch during the pandemic i think that was one thing we were just kind of sitting around be like oh yeah i'm gonna look and see if i'm start collecting this again but um hopefully there will be more in any game i'm trying to create more rules which i've had uh my cardona i do this thing with sideshow and we were talking about it. he has like a, a specific set of rules that he follows i kind of don't and i feel like i need to start creating these rules where i'm okay i'm only going to collect Master of the Universe Origins. I'm not going to collect Masters of the Universe Masters. I'm not going to collect, you know, I'm only going to collect my clients' wrestling figures. I'm not going to collect anybody else. You know what I mean? So I got to start implementing some rules so I don't have a, a storage unit and six closets full of, of shit. You say that, and I don't obviously know him. It seems like his rules are always kind of expanding a little bit. He's always... No, I think he's... Got, I, I, I think his rules are pretty good. Uh, he definitely has more rules than I do. He just has more money than I do. So maybe I can't act on the impulse of buying a, you know, $10,000 figure. I'll what? just buy, uh, I'll just buy, you know, a $20 remake, you know? He bought that one. I think he put like a $12,000 bid out. Yeah. I want to say it was forget- like the dink. Was it the dink or the doink? I forget which one he bought. I mean, there were so many. There was yeah. a Greg the Hammer Valentine that he bought. Oh, was, yeah, he's got that he, one. Too. He bought a Lex Luger one that was crazy. I mean, they call him the Michael Jordan of collecting wrestling figures for a reason. And he's got quite the collection. I like, you know, I think I got down that rabbit hole because he's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's killing it on the independent team. And it's awesome to see him do so well. And I, you know, it's exciting just because it shows like if you put in the work, you know, you, you can make anything happen. And he, he's a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that goes with kind of, you know, whether it be owning a gym, you know, you put in the work, you want that gym to be successful. If you put in that work, it'll happen. Right. If you're relying on other people and you guys don't have the same vision, it's not going to come as fast or if at all, you know, same thing with online programming and whether it be dead boys or street park, you obviously see the work that Miranda and Julian put in and street parking, you know, and being able to 
to put together a team that uh, makes that programming extremely successful. That's why they are the juggernaut that they are, you know, Becky and Colby, you know, there are another prime examples. They could easily take days, if not weeks off when they're not working to just relax, but they got to hit the gym. They got to do the programming. They got to travel all over and they're now their mom and dad. So, or they're a mom and dad. So they got to take care of the, you know, the little ones. So again, if you're putting in the work, you know, as much as I, uh, you know, don't want to steal anybody's, you know, motto, but hard work does pay off. And, you know, that those are all prime examples of hard work paying off. Absolutely. What, what do you guys have in the works next? Uh, well, we haven't really announced it yet, just because uh, we don't know Seth's schedule, but the next Day with the Dead Boys will probably be SummerSlam, which will be in Nashville this year. Uh, and then there's another one in November for Survivor Series in Boston. So hopefully we'll be able to get some dates out to the people soon. Obviously, if uh, you know CrossFit comes calling and wants me to MC the games, that would be another sick thing to do. But right now it's just hanging out in California, training my clients. Um, and when Becky and Colby are in town or if I'm anywhere near where they are, we'll, we'll train and work out together. But yeah, and then just keeping dead boys afloat. One last thing, I had mentioned it to you. You didn't say anything about it. But when Seth Colby wrestled uh, Cody Rhodes with that torn peck, mm-hmm. did he say how much pain he was in? How much pain Seth was in or how much pain no, Cody, no, Cody? Cody was in? Uh, I mean, I didn't really ask him, but I would just imagine. I mean, that was crazy. I, that was a- I've, I've worked out with a bad back, you know, not that it was a torn <laughs> peck, but like ever since then i'm like man i can't complain about shit ever again you know that guy's wrestling with a torn peck his whole side is bruised and and purple and here i am being like oh my calf hurts like you know uh but i would just assume i did not ask him no to answer your question i did not ask him but i would just assume that you know he went out there and, and put on quite a show and you know the fact that they were able to put on such a great wrestling match a five-star wrestling match you know with the three in a row uh, really I, I believe it. I, I'm a little upset that there's a guy out there that rank, ranks wrestling matches and, you know, Seth and Cody have only had one five star. Like that is, that is, that is not doing them justice. They, they definitely deserve more than, than just one match, you know, or at least, you know, not to, not because he's my friend, but just because he's a great wrestler. Like Seth has so many fantastic matches out there. The fact that he only has one five star match because, because some guy behind a computer says so, like there's definitely way more than that. You've heard you know? of Dave Meltzer. I mean, Sure. I'm, you know, if he wants to listen to the best hour of their day podcast. Yeah. 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 But I mean, yeah, I think that, it, you know, that it's silly to say that he's only had one great five-star match. That's, that's silly. And anyone that thinks wrestling is fake needs to go watch that match. Cause I had friends who were like, Oh, is that makeup? I'm like, did you see his arm? It was like a balloon. Well, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan. I mean, it's a great match that incorporates amazing storytelling. Right. I mean, obviously the, the torn peck added to it, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is like when you're watching that, whether you're a fan or not, you're like, I've never seen a wrestling match ever where the crowd is hyped. Cody Rhodes takes his robe off. You see the torn peck and then everyone just is silent, especially in a loud city like Chicago, Illinois, everyone was silent and it was just crazy. And those two had that crowd eating out of the palm of their hand and not just the crowd itself like even in my house like my girlfriend watching it with her eyes closed and like peeking and me at the edge of my seat it was it was a really fun match to watch yeah i was worried i was like he's not gonna be able to move his arm that's what i was waiting for well that was the thing i was like how are they gonna pull this off and they did such a great job like so if you're if you're interested in watching a wrestling match i'm sure at some point it'll be on youtube for free uh or if you have peacock watch it on the the network but it's a great match to watch yeah well, where can people sign up for Dead Boys Fitness? Uh, they can sign up for Dead Boys at deadboysfitness.com. Hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll have a, an app, which will make things a little bit easier Full to sign up. app for you guys only, like not on a typical programming platform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just our own app. Um, so that'll be fun, um, which will make life a lot easier, both for our members as well as for me. Um but yeah, you can sign up there. And then if you are interested in coming and joining us for a day with the dead boys event, um, just be on the lookout, whether it's social media, uh, uh, 
at Dead Boys Fitness on Instagram, at WWE Rollins, at Joshy G27. There'll be tons of uh, you know announcements regarding the next day with the Dead Boys event, which will be in uh, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Hop into SummerSlam after that. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, if you're in the Nashville area, you know, obviously. It's so close to all the greats, you know, Rich Froning, doesn't Tia Claire Toomey work out there, you know, Brooke Wells. So will they be there? I can't guarantee it, but you know what? <laughs> Seth, Seth freaking Rollins will be there, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll put you through a fun workout, whether you are a functional fitness aficionado or someone who's never worked out in a gym, they are a lot of fun. And we make sure to put people through a fun workout. We're not looking to make people throw up. We're not looking to, to, to hurt or maim people, but we are looking for people, especially people that have never worked out in their entire life to get motivated to, you know, um, go down that road of living a healthier lifestyle. Uh, when people do cancel, and I've said this on, on numerous podcasts before, but when people do cancel nine times out of 10, it's because they're joining a gym, whether it's a CrossFit gym or some sort of global gym, or they're hiring a personal trainer, which you know, it's bittersweet for me. It's, it sucks. Cause I'm like, Oh, I lost the member. But at the same time too, it's like, Oh, that's cool. They're, they're, they're trying to go down a, a better path and they want to hold themselves accountable and, and, and learn a little bit more besides doing the, the couch workouts or doing the, you know, your typical dumbbell workout. So it's always fun to see someone graduate to becoming a better version of themselves, you know, and I'll get like update emails from them or update DMs from people like, Hey, you know, I was a member, I quit, I joined a gym and now look at me, you know, I just did my first CrossFit local competition, or I just did my first powerlifting meet, or I just did my first bodybuilding competition. And, uh, it's always a lot of fun to see that. Cause you know, the progress from somebody just starting and emailing me like, what's a burpee or what's a lunge or how do I, you know, I can't squat to, you know, below parallel. What's a good substitution to now seeing them competing in a CrossFit competition, a local CrossFit competition is a lot of fun. Well, then you should be proud of that. You're getting people off the couch and fitter. And that is the kind of the next evolution of it, right? Yeah, now exactly. Joining another community. So you're doing good things out there. Hopefully I'll see you on the games. I'll be judging out there. I always watch you and you and Kiki and all the rest of the, like you mentioned earlier on, Larry and Dylan and Mike and all those guys, while I'm out there judging, you guys keep us entertained. Um, yeah, that's that's the that's the fun part, you know, especially the games are always a fun way to entertain people. You know, I know what we're doing out there, which some people think is extremely easy. It's not. I'll tell oh, you that no, much. Not at all. But we also want to entertain. Right. You're you're basically watching people work out. You know, I always tell people like just imagine if you had to commentate a pull up competition, it wouldn't be very fun for you and it wouldn't be very fun for people watching because you're like, what is happening? So we try our best to make it fun and entertaining because we're not they're not piping in the Sean Woodlands and, you know, all the, the normal commentators, like we have to come up with stuff, especially on the fly. And I will say, everybody asked me like, what is your favorite event to host or to, to commentate? And I always go back and tell them, which is a, an event that I feel like people are like, what really, which is the half marathon and the marathon row, because it was so long. It was almost a challenge. I'm like, what are you going to talk about for, you know, an hour plus two hours, three hours, or however long it was. And we, I think as a team did a fantastic job. I think all four of us or all five of us were able to talk uh, and we were able to bounce off of one another and, and come up with some interesting things to say on the fly, as well as having a stat sheet. So, you know, as much as that was painful for people to watch in an arena or in a Coliseum, it was fun for me because I looked at it as a challenge. It was like, Oh, well, I now have to speak to all these people in the arena for a little over an hour. Oh, okay. What am I going to come up with? How many wrestling uh, analogies will yeah, I, I was going to say? You do throw. Out, I heard a couple ahead of the tables last year. Yeah, I try to. I try to make it fun, you know, uh, for people that get the jokes, and then obviously too, like you know, the the, the people that win. You know, Justin Medeiros, he was at the head of the table. You got to try to knock him down. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways you can look at it, but you know, the the the, the fact of the matter is, is that you are seeing people, whether it's professional wrestlers, or in this case, functional fitness athletes, doing really amazing feats of strength or really incredible physical fitness, uh, you know, accomplishments and a weekend, it, it, it's very hard to not get excited. And it's very hard to not kind of compare them to, to, to things that you've seen before and being able to do that 
and to get hyped about it and to get people hyped about it, especially in an arena environment is a lot of fun. Have you ever said anything out there and either one of the athletes was not thrilled or Castro came back at you and was like, don't say that ever again? No, I, it's usually like you mess up somebody's name, right. Or, uh, you know, like you'll, you'll, you'll mispronounce it. I don't think I've ever said anything where I got heat for it, so to speak. <laughs> um, usually I, I try to say things that will make people laugh or smile or, or have a good time. I think the one and only time I was extremely embarrassed is I, I, uh, it was, I forget what he, I could have been last year. Maybe it was the year before. Um, I said Saxon Pancheck's name as Scott Pancheck. Cause Scott Panchik was in the heat before. And then Saxon was in the, that's the, an easy the, mistake the, right there. And so it was like, and blah, 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 Scott Panchik. Ah, oh, I mean, Saxon, Saxon Panchik. So like, it was a quick fix, but I, again, like I was saying, I was such a perfectionist. Like it just bummed me out for the whole heat and, you know, just having Kiki or Dylan or, or Larry or whoever being like, it's all right. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Like it happens. Um, so yeah, we're not all perfect everybody. Um, but yeah, when I made a mistake on that, I was just like, oh, this is it. It's over for me. My career's done. <laughs> Who's the hardest name to say? I don't think anybody's hard. I don't think anybody's name is to say. Once the, if you're, if you're leaving worldwide. it, if you're Names. leaving it up to me and I don't know how to pronounce it, I would, you know, the sky's the limit, you know, especially with like, you know, Adrian Mudweiler, if you didn't know how to say it, you know, Bjorg and Carl Goodmanson, if you didn't know how to say it, but once you hear somebody say it, it's easy to say, you know, but if you're reading it off of the paper for the first time, you're like, oh shit, how do you, how do you say this? You know, luckily we have such an incredible staff at the CrossFit games. They give you endless amounts of research. And if you don't know how to say something, somebody will tell you how to say it. So there's never really an excuse to not know how to say somebody's name or to not know how to pronounce something or not know what the events are. So you know, as long as you come prepared, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be tricky. The only time it, like I said, it ever got tricky was, you know, when we had to talk about them being on a concept two rower for an hour, two hours, three hours plus, you know, yeah, there's only well, so much you could talk about, you know? Yeah. Well, it's just as, just as uh, entertaining to judge sitting there watching the best part was just watching the male athletes pee on the rowers. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> Which by the way, like just, just hold it in. Just hold it just, in. Just, just hold it in, right? Yeah. Come on, Khalifa. Just hold it in. You're all right. You're gonna be okay. Come on, well, Zach Forrest. You can, you can, you can, you can hang for another two hours. <laughs> yeah, you've you've done harder things. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Joshy G. Like I said, hopefully we will see you in Madison this year and check him out at SummerSlam. At assuming, assuming you're gonna do a day of the Dead Boys in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And yeah, yeah. Come on by. If not. You know, follow us on the Instagram, to, you know, see what we're up to. We're a lot of fun. You know, we don't try not to take things too seriously, but, you know, it's it's been it's been fun being around the CrossFit community for 10 plus years and hopefully another 10 plus years more. But yeah, man, it's it's been great. I got to meet cool people like you, which I actually had a question for you. I know this is the best hour of the day, but I want to know, is there going to be at some point a match between you and MDV? For post-its versus iPad, which one is it going to be? Who who came up with the idea of the kind of like the inspirational fun quotes on either the post-it or the iPad? Because I, I try would, to give MDV shit for it, and I, I don't want to make I don't want to make him the bad guy if he wasn't the one that started it. I don't. I, full disclosure: I don't think either of us started that. Oh, oh! <laughs> there's sure, going to be a third person. There's a third I'm person. sure if you go scroll back on the internet, someone's way smarter. Or at least more creative than either of us. Well, I appreciate the fact that you use an iPad because the amount of post-its that MDV Jabroni must Sorry. waste, I swear. Like, I, I yell at him all the time. And then the amount of shirtless photos that that guy takes, like, I mean, it's really, he looks good, really obnoxious. Looks good. Look, I'm not saying he doesn't look good. It's just, it's really obnoxious, you know? And like, I, we get it, MDV, you do jujitsu. He got his blue belt. He just oh, got his blue belt. I know. He got it. I'm just, I'm just giving him crap because I like to be the, the, the heel to, to, to MDVs. He needs it. He's, he is a, he is a baby face over there. He is a great guy. And, you know, all jokes aside, like MDV is, a, is a stellar dude. And we and him have conversations all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's what, again, what's so great about this community is like, you know, being able to even not being 
in it as much as I used to being able to go back and, and really talk to the people that you, that were there in the beginning, you know, IEU, Sean Woodland, MDV, uh, Jason Kalipa, like all these guys, they're still your friend. They still know who you are. They'll talk to you. They'll give you the shirt off of their back if they need to. So, you know, it's always fun to have those friendships and to have them last as long because there's not a lot of friendships that last 10 plus years. And, you know, for whatever reason in the CrossFit space, especially with those guys and you, you know, they have lasted as long as they have. So that's really, really cool. It's, it's really true. I mean, I've got some of my longest friends now are, you know, 15, 16 years and it's from CrossFit. David Osorio, you mentioned earlier, you know, I met him in 2008. I hosted a competition. This guy walks in with vans and jorts and it was David <laughs> Osorio. And I'm like, you know, and we've been friends ever since. And, and he's still probably wearing vans and jorts. But yeah, think, da- he David, is, yeah. David is one, you know, Danny, who I mentioned earlier. Danny's you know? in the, yeah, I mean, I lived in uh, Florida for a bit, so I saw Danny quite often and such a great dude, such a great that, dude. But that Zach Forrest, he's just a real he's a jerk. He's, a, he's a real jerk. Yeah, no I'm one likes kidding. Zach. He's I mean, guy. I know Zach's on seminar staff. We work together quite a bit. He, uh, he, they're all, you know, everyone's a good dude. And CrossFit has a low bullshit tolerance is what we like to say. Yeah. So no. you're not going to last I mean, very I, the, long. The, the list of good good people can go on and on from Zach to Austin to Dave Eubanks, uh, you know, Connor Murphy. I mean, like the list can go on and on. Like I said, you know, you can go back to these people, you know, six, seven years, maybe not even after talking to them, they'll still know who you are. They'll still be like, Oh yeah, I was at your level one or your level two. You know, they're just amazing humans. And that's the one thing that I could take away from, you know, the being involved in the sport of CrossFit as well as the, you know, the being able to coach and teach, uh, CrossFit to a wide range of people is that, you know, these relationships have stayed with me, you know, 10 plus years, you know, but for the record, MDV needs to go green. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I want to see trees. He hates the environment and he hates trees. Yeah. So MDV, like, do you need me to get you a stylist? Do you need me to get you, you know, an <laughs> iPad? Pretty cheap can, iPad. Can we, yeah. Can we just start a GoFundMe, you know, can we go for, go fund me for MDV's iPad? Well, we'll get that going. We'll get it going. But um, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Check out dead boys. Hopefully we'll see Josh in Madison and looking forward to all the cool things you guys got coming. Well, thank you, Jason. And yeah, guys, uh, thanks for having me on. And I'll hopefully talk to most of you soon.